Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. So hello and welcome to another episode of the Elite Connections podcast hosted by me, Kieran Callum. Now, what is this about? It's about being the absolute very best man that you can be. Crushing it in life, making more money, dating amazing women, finding the woman of your dreams and just being the man that you were always born to be. Now today I am here with a man known as Mr. Jamar Kanta. He is an author, a keynote speaker, intellectual sniper he calls himself, which I quite like. Author of books such as The Day That She Learned Chess When Men Were Men and Supernatural Confidence. Jamar has an incredibly active Facebook presence. It seems like hundreds of thousands, I mean, I must be exaggerating, but women who hang on your every post and need to hear what the next thing is that you've got to say. The way you conduct yourself, everything that you do, it seems very impressive to me. So hello and welcome to the show. How's it going? Uh, Thank you. I appreciate that intro um, and I appreciate having an opportunity on your platform so appreciate it yeah no problem so all right talk to me when men were men how do you see masculinity today in 2024 what do you feel like is the state of the modern man and in relation to women dating how do you see things great question so number one men you can't easily desire women you can't want things from them but you live in fear of them what do you mean when you say men can't want things from them do you mean that men shouldn't want things from them or that men find it difficult to want things from a woman no they should want things from them and and women want things from men but 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 now it's it's a it's a misalignment going on between the sexes right so men nowadays don't know about women and women don't know about men those sexes don't know how to dwell together for a successful companionship relationship um long-term compatibility right so you should want things from women but you can't want them but then you're in fear of them you're you're scared of what's going to happen if you get in a relationship today men make content where it's you're, you're you're more about you're scared you're more scared of what the woman's going to do versus taking a command of the situation whoa okay here's the thing in the time that i spent as a dating coach i have learned that pretty much everything that you said is very true when i look at my life what i realize is that as i was growing up i got a lot of messages that said women weren't supposed to be feminine and let's say okay things like for instance i've given this example before but i'm sure you've seen the film coming to america right yeah okay great so you remember daryl there's that character daryl in coming to america who you're meant to absolutely hate and at some point in that film he goes you know what a woman really wants she wants a man to take charge and tell her what to do and I saw uh, that as a kid. And in my brain, what I'm hearing is, bearing in mind that the film is positioning this man to be a piece of crap. So in my brain, I'm hearing, hold on, I'm not supposed to take charge. Because if I take charge, I'm a bad person. He's a bad person. Mm. 
Look how he manipulates this girl. He's not a good man at all. Actually, what a good man is supposed to do is to sit back and let her take the driving seat and let her, let's say, come to me if she wants to come to me. So if she wants to kiss me, she's going to let me know. If I lean in for the kiss, now I'm a, a rapist of this or of that. I got lots of messages like this, which led me down a path of basically feminized masculinity. And mm, so I see that I see a lot of parallels basically in what you're saying, because we have like a generation of men who have been raised to believe that what makes them inherently men is actually a bad thing. And as on the flip side, I think we have a generation of women as well who believe that being inherently feminine is also a bad thing as well. Like, for instance, you'll get women who will say things like, I want to be more than just a housewife. Like, you hear that, they'll say, I want to be more than just a housewife. It's like, well, a woman can do whatever the hell she wants. But what about being a housewife is just a housewife? You are literally looking after your family and guiding your children's development in the most important time of their lives. It's not just a housewife at all. But then somehow things have become poisoned where women feel like, oh, if I don't have this boss babe, boss bitch, killer career, then somehow I failed as a human being. And like things like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what do you see as being the, um, let's say like the solution to the crisis of masculinity that we're speaking about? Uh, I think both sexes need to get out their own way, number one. Um, And like you said, it's inherent that today's men think that what actually makes them a man is evil. It's uh, perverted, it's nasty, it's dirty. When those are the things that actually attract the woman. Like I say in the book, When There Were Men, um, to the woman, regarding, you know, women being women, their mind and body are frenemies, right? They're frenemies. So their minds and bodies are frenemies. Correct. You mean the, the woman? So the woman's mind and bodies. Oh, I see what you're saying. I think I get it, but but carry on, carry on. You know, don't let me. The woman. It. Let me. I'm sure, <laughs> no problem. Let me uh, clarify. The mm. woman's body and mind are frenemies, right? So they're like mm. best friends and enemies at the same exact time so the woman's mind is saying things like i like sensitive men i want a very sensitive guy who's super emotional and he gets me and he just whatever but her body will always reject this type of guy when he's actually in her presence and when she's not in her feminine energy she's going to be so confused because she's like i'm receiving programming to my mind that the super sensitive guy is the good guy you know he's the guy i should be with but why don't i want to have sex with him why am i not super attracted to him why do i to be you know frank why does my vagina repulse when i'm around him the thing is women inherently hate weakness no matter what they say publicly I'm pretty sure you've seen my, my theme this year, 2024, the word of the year for men in public. Women are going to say things in public because they sound good and they're socially accepted. 
but in private, in private actions, they do not mean this. You get what I'm saying? Women have a social mass, and then they live, they have private actions where it's, it's reality. Women love strong men. Women love masculine men. Women love men who take charge. Yes, you can't say that publicly. Why? Because you'll get a socially assassinated. People will say, oh, what's wrong with you? But in private actions, this is exactly what women want. This is what turns them on, mentally and sexually, right? So the woman's mind and body are frenemies. Yes, they, they, they go back and forth, they argue, but it's mainly about them in their own journey getting on one accord. But you can't pay attention to what women say uh, publicly. Now, the thing about what you just said is like, when you say something like you can't pay attention to what women say publicly, you're running the risk of being attacked, um, lambasted, cancelled, called a misogynist, saying that you don't respect women, things like this. These right. are things that I've had to deal with over time. I'll be right. How do you, what have you done or what do you do when you encounter that kind of feedback? When people uh, say, attack you for your beliefs and your opinions? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly attacked. <laughs> I'm, I'm attacked daily, weekly, monthly. Um, <laughs> it's it's nonstop. The, 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 here's the thing. I, I, maybe you said, read it on my page before. There's no such thing as a good man. There's no such thing as a real man. These are just societal titles to make men chase uh, uh, ever-moving goalposts of being socially accepted. At the end of the day, all a good man is, is someone who's chasing a title. He might achieve it, likely he's not, because the second you do one thing right, then something else is about you is gonna be criticized. So I tell men in my book, when men are men, stop trying to be a good man. That's just some fluff made up title by society, mainly women, but let's, you know, some men too, because you're chasing something that you'll never be. Every time you achieve what you think a good man is, based on social expectations, they're gonna move the goalposts. And then you're gonna do that. They're gonna keep moving the goalposts. So it's, it's this like this carrot that you're just chasing like a mule or a treat, and you'll never get it. So stop trying to be a good man. These, these are just little, you know, things that you think exist, but they only really exist in your, in your mind because you're trying to get the social approval of whoever is in your circle and beyond. So when you say how I deal with the criticism, I'm not chasing the approval necessarily. I feel like whoever's for me is for me. Whoever my message is for, they will come for And whoever it's not for, that's okay. I'm completely fine with the whole cancel thing because uh, I won't cancel myself ever. I'm standing on business uh, and I really believe in what I'm, what I'm talking about. And I want the people who believe in me, believe in my message, my books, etc., to just come forth, support me, however. So, you know, in that, in that comment or in that question, um, I'll never cancel myself, so I'll never be truly canceled. Understood. I love that. So you said the goal is not to be a good man. So if the goal is not to be a good man, what is the goal for a man? So a man who's in his, let's say his late teens, his early 20s, maybe his early to mid 30s or whatever, and he's listening to this right now. If he's not to be a good man, what type of man is he supposed to be? He should be a masculine man. See, uh, the difference between 
a good man, a masculine man is a masculine man does what's best, not what's for approval. A good man's going to do what's for social approval. He's not going to do what's in the best interest of himself and his in other parties, whether that's his you know girlfriend, potential wife, or family, or whatever. He's more worried about any type of like you said earlier, backlash, being canceled, things like that. When you're a masculine man, you have to carry. You have to know that everyone's not going to like your decisions. Everyone's not going to like what you have to say or do, whatever. But you're you're about doing what's in the best interest of yourself, your family, your loved ones, your friends, and your circle. So that's that's number one. So it's not about, um, I guess, not quote unquote being a good man. It's about being a masculine man first. And then behind being a masculine man means being honest, being solid, being reliable, you know, uh, being trustworthy. If And of course, I always say you can never be a good man, but you can be a decent man. You can wake up every day and be honest, you know, be solid, be trustworthy, be reliable. These are things that you can strive for every day to live up to being a decent man. And every day you look in a mirror and be proud to say, hey, um, I'm doing the best I can because I have I stand on principles. That good man stuff is just some fluff in the sky. You'll never achieve it. You'll you'll just keep chasing it, chasing it. You know the truth is as well. It's like if you're being a good man, you're literally just a sheep or a follower. Because I'm sure you've heard that phrase, "Well-behaved women don't make history." Well, that's Absolutely. especially true for men as well. And it's like good men are not the ones that fight against injustice. Good men aren't the ones that say, like if we just go back to say the civil rights movement, for instance, it's not good men that were out there fighting for equality. Or even like, let's say in the civil rights era, you've got, there would have been some white people who secretly thought slavery was terrible. So it's like, you got, well, not slavery, like the whole Jim Crow situation, but still, you've got the majority of white people who think the situation is great but secretly there are going to be some who don't like it you think this is not a good thing now those right. of those people the good men did nothing they just kind of sat back but the masculine mm-hmm. men actually became the allies were like no this is actually wrong and we're going to help these people because this is just complete bs no matter where you go in life it's like you know and i speak about being on the right side of history in order to be on the right side of history on any topic you have to be prepared to walk your own path and actually do what is right and have people dislike you as a result of it. But that's a very scary thing for people because, mm-hmm. you know, it's if everybody is shouting and screaming and acting like an idiot and you're in the middle of the crowd shouting and screaming and acting like an idiot, nobody knows that you're shouting and screaming and acting like an idiot. However, if you step away from that crowd and you just stand on your own and you don't shout and scream, now all of a sudden it's like, well, why is this person not shouting and screaming? Why is this person being different? Why is this person going against the tribe? And yeah, that is absolutely Absolutely. freaking, that's terrifying. So what do you, I think this goes on to one of the other books, actually, Supernatural Confidence, because that's what you need in in order to be the kind of person that we're speaking about. So how do you help men through that? You know, dealing with, let's say, the ramifications of being their real selves. In order to be my best self, in order to be the masculine man I want to become, I need to accept that everyone's just not going to like me. And I always say this in in the new book, I talk about this. um, 
the power of self, which I do, I did a special little portion for men, is you are already the bad guy. You're you're already the bad guy. So you're living this timid life. You're scared. You're trembling. You're shaking. You're you don't know where what to put where to put your foot because you don't want to offend nobody. What you don't know is you're you're already subject to be criticized no matter what you do. So get over it. Stop trying to fit in. Stop trying to be quote unquote a good man or whatever. Stop trying to be the nice guy. You know, already walk into it saying being myself, I'm automatically going to offend someone because someone's going to oppose how I look at things, how I look at life, how I'm moving forward. When you start doing things in your best interest, trust, there will be parties against you. So walk forward saying, hey, I'm already the bad guy. I might as well go ahead and do what's in my best interest. Now, this is what I say too, and because you got to have integrity behind doing what's in your best interest. You can't go out into the world and hurt people. You can't intentionally and consciously uh, put people in bad situations, right? So don't go out into the world saying, yeah, I'm a bad guy, so that means I'm about to do bad things. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you're already looked at as a bad guy. So this timid fear that men have of being canceled and you know people are going to look down on you, you that's already in motion anyway, regardless. So you don't need to live a, a timid life. You need to live a secure life. You need to look at yourself and say, I need to embody what I truly believe. Because once I do that, it doesn't matter who I offend. My next question is, how do women respond to you in general? So what kind of comments do you get from women? Um, what kind of relationships do you have with them? Just what is that like for you? Because when if I just use your Facebook account as a, as a barometer, it seems like women absolutely adore your message. That's how it seems. Although clearly those are the women who are following you. But So that might be like mm -hmm. a skewed um audience sample but yeah just in general how do females respond to you and what's that like for you i think in general if a, if it's a new woman she's going to be against it and she's going to comment very you know against my message it happens all the time it's the same pattern every every time a new woman comes to my page she was recommended by a friend she must the first couple of comments she's not going to be with it she's going to be against it she's going to Tell her. In fact, she's going to project her negative experience. That's what a lot of women do. They project their negative experiences on any post that that they don't agree with. And so they're going to point out all the flaws in your message or whatever, or what they think are flaws. And what happens is if she stays around, she starts coming around. Right. And so then she starts becoming a supporter. She starts becoming a fan of the page. So in general i think um i have a very you know supportive you know female base they i think they love the message but they but that took time that didn't happen overnight i didn't just start up and then people just took took to it no people slowly just started keeping around and then there's women who inbox me all the time and say hey i didn't like you when i first came across you i didn't like your page i thought you were misogynistic i thought you hate women i thought that um you know, you were part of the patriarchy that hates men, you know, that whole, that whole down with the patriarchy thing. So it, it's a slow turn. I, I, I don't get the women's support right away. It, what happens is if they stick around, if they don't block me, if they don't uh, mute me or whatever, 
then they slowly start turning into uh, um, supporters. If we look at my social media, my social media doesn't really attract women per se, but I write articles for a website called Medium, which I'm sure you've heard of. And when I write these articles, 95% of them is just me speaking to men. Like occasionally I'll make one to women, but the vast majority is me speaking to men. Now, when I write these articles, nine out of 10 of the comments that come from women are you know, negative. They don't like what I've got to say. They think there's something wrong with it, etc. And like one in 10 will be a positive one, but it's honestly quite rare. But you know something I've noticed? What I have noticed is that 20% of the followers I have on Medium are women. Even though I'm not specifically writing to women, but I am writing content that's similar to yours in that I am showing men how to be strong, confident, masculine men that are attractive to women and saying things that are very socially un-PC. Now, on, I, like I said, on Medium, I get 20% of women following. I never hear from these women at all. I never hear from them, but right. they follow me. So there's clearly, in my mind, it's like there's clearly, there's a lot of women that are hungry for this kind of message. Women are dying for correction. That's the thing you have to realize. Even though the world, you know, is very upside down and backwards, you have to understand that deep down, women are dying for correction. Sorry, sorry. You just said women are dying for correction. So can you just elaborate on that? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Remember what I said about public, public, public and private. Mm. Publicly, women say things all the time. Things they don't mean. Things just sound good to be socially accepted. Uh, things that they think work, right? But they don't mean it. It's not. It's not actual practice. So. They're dying for correction. They want strong masculine men to tell them what to do, um, how to be, how to be better women. They're dying for that. They they want that. They crave that. Now the the shell or the 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 external. Yes, the, we got to remember, it's it's masculine. It's masculinity versus program. That's what you got to remember. So it's masculine men versus literally world's programming. The world's programming is. They need women to be workhorses, right? They need women to be exhausted workhorses who completely dedicate their lives to achieving some type of, you know, financial goal or whatever. Now, there's nothing wrong with women achieving goals, of course. This is healthy. The problem comes into play is that women attach their complete social and uh, their well-being, self-esteem to achieving these things. So even though they're killing themselves, even though they, you know, it's not in their best interest, they're still doing it, right? But what they really want, they want a man to take over. They want a man to to help them uh, not only achieve those goals, but you know how to be, how to live a more fulfilled life, and how to take take leadership, take charge, so that they can look back and say, "Wow, I'm proud of the leader I chose. I'm proud of the man that I put in position." to you know help me live a better fulfilled happy life so something i have noticed is this so everything you've just said there are so many people that would rally against what you've just said and fight against it and call you every name under the sun as i know that you already know but 
there is mm-hmm. actually evidence in society that backs up what you're saying about what women really want from a man. And whenever I mm-hmm. point this out to people, they can't deny it at all. Have you ever paid attention to any kind of erotic fiction? As in, like, yeah, of course, erotic... but... <laughs> yeah. Now, what is what is the theme of erotic fiction? What is something that you always see? You always see this: some woman who is either average or maybe just like slightly above average or so. She meets a man that is light years ahead of her. He's like really powerful. He's a athlete. He's a mob boss. He's a powerful politician. He's in a position of control over her, and he actually scares her as well. And by the way, these novels right. are written by women. They, they're always written by women. And these these erotic novels, these are novels that women masturbate to as well. So this is what they're fantasizing about. And she's in this situation with this man who is completely leagues above her in terms of power. And slowly but surely, he kind of overwhelms her with the dominant force of his masculine energy. When women. Mm-hmm want to create erotica for other women in order to sexually satisfy other women that's what they make 50 shades mm-hmm. of gray why why on earth was 50 shades of gray the international bestseller why because christian gray is a strong powerful confident dominant man that anna Steele is a little bit scared of and he right. leads her into a world that she's never seen before he takes right. her by the hand and he's guiding her through this experience. And women all over the Western and Eastern world reading that book and just falling into fits of feminine fantasy. There you go. Absolutely. That's literally women telling you this is what we want. Yeah. See, see, you just named it though, right? Look, look what you, look, you just said. International bestseller, movie goes crazy, does insane numbers. Look what the so what this tells me. I look at the actions. Women dove into that book. Women are literally eating every word of that book. They can quote the book, the movie, all the favorite scenes, all the you know, uh the where, where Christian Gray is being super sexually dominant, right? Actions, the woman's actions will tell you the truth. But what have what men today do is they pay attention so much to the public words, the posts, you know, the the videos, the TikToks, and they take it to heart. And then they, you know, live in fear or they're timid. Like, oh, look at all these women. But it, no, 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 no. They really want the dominance. They really want... The thing is, they're scared that someone's going to abuse power. And that's what, that's what they're afraid of like okay if i'm a thousand percent vulnerable with you what are you gonna do with that if i'm truly transparent where i'm completely free what are you gonna do with that well in a lot of ways look what happens their actions show that they want that super sexually dominant guy right but look what a lot of content do and you agree you know you might agree or you not agree oh the, the male content creators say your sluts, your whores, your body counts this, your this is that. And so, you know, it, it kind of makes both sides run in fear, run and hide under a rock, both, you know, on, on both ways.
So are you saying that you believe women are scared by, let's say, public pressure to uh, appear, let's say, chaste and virginal and to not expose themselves sexually? In a lot of ways, they're afraid that even if it was just one guy that they were super interested in and they're like, hey, I'm not, you know, promiscuous, but this is just one guy. They're afraid that even that one guy will judge them. Even that one guy will, you know, criticize them. Even that one guy will will shame her sexuality, right? right? Part of the reason why the, the character in um, Fifty Shades of Grey works so well, right, Christian Grey, is because his dominance never shamed her sexuality. That's what made her open up more. That's what made her aroused. That's what turned her on. It's because she was entering a strange world that she had never been a part of and that she probably normally under normal circumstances would never do. But because why? The dominance is making her comfortable. That's what made her completely relax because her sexuality was safe. I like I said, I'm not prom- I don't promote the, you know, reckless, being sexually reckless or prom- promiscuous, but the reason why women don't even want to explore that side or they want to but why there's such a you know hesitation is because there are very few men who are whose dominance radiate to such a level where it can make the woman relax completely in her sexuality so this is something i speak to my clients about a lot which is that i've always thought it's very weird that men do this because Men will spend massive percentages of their lives trying to get women to have sex with them. But then once the woman does the thing that they've been trying so hard to get her to do, now they look down on her for it and feel that her worth is lessened. And it's always kind of baffled me that they didn't see how, obviously, if you are... If, uh, if I'm some woman and I know that if I have sex with this man, all of a sudden now I'm a whore and nobody should love me or give me any kind of affection or want to spend any time with me or value me because now I'm almost as bad as a murderer or something. Obviously, I'm mm-hmm. going to be very timid about doing that. And I'm going to, I'm not even just timid, I'm going to be like almost traumatised. So it's always just baffling right. me and men were trying to get women to do something that if the woman actually does, they're going to hate her. But when the woman doesn't do, they also hate her as well. So I'm just curious okay. about so your thoughts. So that like kind that. of, confu- that type of confusion, do you, do you see like that type of confusion and why it would cause hatred and uh, anger and feeling that, you know, oh man, look at all these women, they all they do is sleep around. No, it's not that they all they do is sleep around there's a hatred you have because they're not sleeping with you for whatever reason that might be that's the truth of the matter it's a it's a i'm seeing you i'm seeing you with other men that i don't think i can compete with this this is all mental it's not real and it makes me feel insecure therefore criticizing you makes me feel better about my quote-unquote perceived shortcomings but like you said before, and I'm finished on this point, that like you said, men spend like a massive amount of time in their life chasing women to get sex from them. And then when they finally 
have sex with them or once they're extremely close, now it's like a oh you're you're oh I can't you did that. So both sexes are confused and they're they're hiding it here. All right, so what is your view on how a man should approach sexuality? So let's say we have some 26-year-old man who lives in New York and he's doing well financially. His life is kind of together and he's just kind of living his life, going to the gym, seeing his friends, going to work, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. What kind of life would you like that man to be living? Would you like that man to be in a committed relationship with one woman and it's like he is just with her until they eventually get married? Or would you like him to be seeing various women to see, like to be playing the field or what have you, to be fucking around? Like, what would you prefer that guy be doing? Uh, Well, I prefer him doing what's really him, meaning that if he wants to be in a monogamous relationship, then that's what he should strive for. If he wants to date multiple women, then he has to understand the, the responsibilities of that. Whatever you want, it's fine. And either way, I'm not going to say, oh, you should be living a one-girl lifestyle. You should be living the life that you know that deep down you want, that you truly desire. Well, the problem is today, a lot of guys, they put on this big playboy front of, oh, I'm getting all these girls or I'm trying to get all these girls when really they want a committed relationship. They want a happy, healthy you know, one girl in relationship. And that's nothing wrong with that. But they're trying to be socially accepted, you know, be seen as a guy, uh, get that, you know, quote unquote, look at from other men uh, approval that, oh, I get I get women or it, it comes off as, as I get women. So you should be living the life that you want. If you want to get married, excellent. Go ahead and prepare yourself for marriage. Take, But you have to fully commit to the responsibilities of that, right? Right. So you want a woman to, um, I don't want to say give you control. That's that's a bad, you know, bad wording, bad wording. You want a woman to submit to your dominance and your presence and your instructions, then you have to fully take on the responsibilities of that. So whatever side you want, you want to date multiple women, no problem. Just take on the responsibilities responsibilities of that as equally as you want to sleep with multiple women don't don't say oh it's i want to sleep with multiple women but then i don't then you don't you don't like when they call you you don't like when they text you you don't like that they're bothering you you don't like that they're becoming more attached to you can't do that you got to take on both you got to handle both okay so that brings me to another question then so what do you believe the responsibility is uh, a man's responsibilities are with regards to the women he's seeing well, number for one, instance you need a... I'm in a relationship now what are my responsibilities where my woman's concerned uh, uh, well your main responsibility is protection of her meaning that you need to observe her life to see her blind spots where she weak at quote unquote you know where where does she slipping at things that she needs to improve upon and you need to objectively say, okay, you need to explain this to her in a way of, hey, you need to do X, Y, and Z to get better. Remember, I told you the difference between masculine men and good men, quote unquote, good men, is a good man's going to say what, what he thinks the woman wants to hear, social approval. The masculine man is going to tell the woman exactly what she needs to do, right, to be better. So for some people, that might mean a health issue. 
That might mean fitness. That might mean diet. A masculine man is going to explain in a very calm, uh, stern voice what his woman needs to do to be better in whatever category. I think that's the most uh, most important thing. You need to give your woman instructions on how to be better, not just for you, but for herself. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And also, I think we have come to the end of today. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Mr. Jamar Kampa, a.k.a. Intellectual Sniper, a.k.a. JC. It has been a really good conversation. Um, for anyone who's listening, who goes, you know what? I really like the cut of this man's jib and I really need to go out and read his books. Can you just remind them what they're called and where they can get them from? Absolutely. Uh, my first book is called Supernatural Confidence. It's more about my personal story, more about certain things that I went through in my own life growing up and uh, basically navigating, going from a lowly, dare I say, you know, timid guy to growing into my own supernatural confidence. You know, the, the, to have the ability to talk to anyone, the ability to look anyone in the eye and say what I need to say in a very powerful voice. That's my first book. My second book, When Men Were Men, which is for men, definitely talks about the state of masculinity, what men need to do, things that they need to stop being ashamed of, and to fully be in their masculine power. My third book, which is for women, The Day She Learned Chess, definitely talks about being in your feminine energy and how to basically take what the world program you to learn and unlearn it. And then of course, my fourth book, which is upcoming, working on it, finishing now, The, the Power of Self. So you can find all these books on Amazon.com. Just search them, Supernatural Confidence, When Men Were Men, The Day She Learned Chess, under Jamar Kim. All right, well, thank you. And you know what? I think we need to do another interview because I'd love to talk to you about your actual journey as well. You spoke about going from being very shy, timid and reserved into the powerful beacon of masculinity that we have today. Well, I'd like to hear about that because that echoes a lot of my journey. But yeah, this has been an episode of the Elite Connections podcast hosted by me, Kevin Callum. So thank you for your time. If you like the cut of my jib, um, there's a link to my socials in the description. Go there, follow me, and please do subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you found it on. Thank you to you, Mr. Jamal, and thank you to the listener. Goodbye.